Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the new series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermood. This week I popped along to Vicky and Neil Sloan Massons at Bolla Cricket. And I caught up with the Minister for DEFA, Geoffrey Boot, to find out how things have been in all of his departments during these trying times under the COVID. Well, Kerry, we're back in the studio on Countryside, a new series. Uh, been off air for a while, but of course, um, everyone knows the, the reasons why everyone's been segregated. But uh, life on the farms still had to go ahead, didn't it? It really did. It plodded along and it's hard to believe that spring was done under closed doors and the start of summer as well. But now we have the freedom again and it's nice catching up with everybody. Yeah, and it's it's one of them things, isn't it? You know, a lot of the farms on the Isle of Man, the smaller ones, are only sort of run by the single farmer and maybe his wife and they get a bit of help in. Um, but it, it's been difficult. They've had to self-isolate with that. But a lot of the time there is room for, for space on the farm, isn't it? A lot of the tractor work, obviously you're in the tractor on your own, things like that. That's right, farming is a quite an isolated job anyway, like you say, Simon. But it is tricky when the contractors had to come and plough the fields ready for the crops. You know, you weren't really allowed to talk to them or be close to them and it was quite an atmosphere and it was quite apprehensive as well. It was always the worry because farm workers cannot be replaced overnight and it's not a skill that everybody has uh, these days. Once upon a time, anybody could sort of turn the hand to farm farm and but um, maybe those days are long gone but no um, they were everyone pulled together and and kept kept on going yeah and it's one of them things where you're talking to contracts you can't really say to them uh, when they've come back no you've done the totally the wrong field there I wanted you to do the, the other one but of course it was the sort of lamin time still people were still lamin at the, the start of it as well weren't they that's right March yeah. is a very busy time for lamin and like you say some extra help always has to be on hand and it was hard for people to, to live separately or or you know minimise those risks and, and adhere to what uh, the government was saying and and it did work. You know, it, it was hard at the time, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah, and a lot of the... Um, it showed the, the, I don't know, the pedigree of the Manx people in a way. We're renowned for the charity work we we do over the years, you know. And when you looked at what happened and people were panic buying to start with and uh, sort of a lot of the old Manx would be, get away with you, what are you panicking <laughs> for? You know, we've got plenty here. And it showed, you know, that the people with the little small market garden businesses just went out of their way and started delivering to people and making that extra effort and put a lot of work. And you just hope that people will stick by that. You really do, Simon. They did step up to that challenge, all of the people in the in the countryside that were providing food and and the processes that went along with it, the bakeries, the, you know, the meat plant, the creameries as well. Yeah, and in those environments, it's hard to you know separate and get the machines all working as normal. It was apprehensive and, and a lot of nervousness, but they did step up and deliver to the Manx people. And I hope people realise how important local produce is and we need to keep these things happening on our island. Who knows what what's around the corner? We didn't expect this in our time. No. And here we are. So, so important to buy local. It is. Anyway, to find out more about, uh, of course, the DEFA side of things, it's under the remit of Department of uh, Environment, Food and Agriculture, of course, which uh, does incorporate the forestry and the fishing and everything like that. So I thought, well, I'd get a hands-on approach uh, not literally, but with the Minister for DEFA, Geoffrey Boot, to find out how things have been coping in his department. 
a nice change to be able to come and talk to somebody in this new series of Countryside. Uh, it's been a trying time for you and all the government departments, uh, Geoffrey. It has indeed, and uh, thank goodness uh, we've come through the crisis and we're now able to meet face-to-face. Um, social distancing gone because of the, the efforts that the Manx public uh, put in in self-isolation and uh, doing the right thing. And maintaining border controls has helped that and uh, we continue to do that so long may it be so that we can meet but it's been a a long trying period Uh, there were times at the beginning when we were really concerned about logistic chains food supply we had to do a lot of uh, advanced planning in case that happened fortunately uh, it didn't happen and uh, we've been able to maintain uh, the logistic chain and also local production has uh, uh, filled uh, some of the spots where there were deficiencies. Really stepped up to the mark a lot of people. They have indeed and uh, you know the supermarket chains obviously maintain their logistic chains but there were problems with people in isolation with deliveries and things like that Uh, some businesses repurposed to do takeaway but uh, a lot of small businesses uh, took on board the fact that they needed to deliver produce to people and started uh, collecting and delivering and uh, in some ways uh, that they've done uh, I hope reasonably well out of that and there may be a future Uh, in terms of local resilience and the way things uh, work Um, and I hope that that there is a residual good come out of it in the longer term Um, but I have to say um, our producers, farmers uh, have all stood up to the mark and done their bit and that even includes our fishermen who have been badly affected their market just fell away uh, as a crisis uh, unfolded and uh, we provided some grant aid to support the whole sector but some of them have continued to fish and they've developed a a local market which wasn't there before And and I hope that continues because the restaurant trade now that it's back in business really appreciate being able to buy local produce because we're in the the queenie season now i think and uh, i mean where is the problem for for the fishermen well i think that the fishing uh, fleet as a whole has been hit by a lack of market um the king scallop season uh, went really badly because they just couldn't sell the produce and that's when we had to bring in the uh, sector support um the queenie season started we've for once got reasonable stocks of queenies and we've done a a survey with industry to look at what's out there but the market is uh, 40 50 percent less the price wholesale price uh, than it was last year um, so it, it's very difficult for fishermen to, to, to make uh, a, a living at that uh, level we have another support scheme um, going to Timwold uh, next week or sorry the week after and I hope that that will receive support which will maintain the sector going forward it doesn't stop um, fishermen going out and fishing for the local market which some are doing but of course that doesn't replace the major wholesale markets that we normally supply the meat plants uh, been in the news as well it's had a bit of resurgence on throughput yes um, they, they've done uh, reasonably well with throughput um, uh, initially we weren't sure uh, uh, whether there was going to be a, a logistics chain so um, we were being careful to manage stock and supply on Ireland um, but uh, th- that didn't materialize but uh, on the other hand people have been buying a lot more beef and a lot more lamb um, locally produced and that that's helped the meat plant with throughput in fact if you look at the figures at the moment um, beef and lamb throughput 
the meat plant uh, are up considerably and less exports uh, than there were this time last year or the year before that. And it's one of the industries where uh, self-isolation on, on the farm for a lot of the farmers on the island and are working on their own a lot of the time. So they can't really stop, can they? They can't miss a crop, so they, they've soldiered on. But I suppose trying to get their produce sold it's, it's the difficult bit again in the farming industry well the, obviously markets are important the fisheries uh, have, have really suffered from a lack of market but in terms of meat production most of it goes into the uk or, or locally so that the initial fall in value uh, didn't help but that's recovered now um I, I you know the farming community were very concerned at the beginning of the epidemic because they are, as you point out, solo workers or family workers and had um, a key worker being taken down by um, COVID um, and the family had to go into isolation. There could have been severe uh, problems in maintaining livestock welfare and maintaining farming. Fortunately, that, that didn't happen, but it was a big concern. And from my department's point of view, we were looking at contingency to help out on farms if you know, key workers were taken out and there was no one or family there to, to carry out the processes. You can't just leave livestock. It has to be tended every day, sometimes two or three times a day, depending on what kind of livestock you're keeping. The local uh, restaurant industry and catering industry obviously have suffered with having uh, the lockdowns and people not being allowed to go out. But there's a bit more relaxation in it now and I suppose this is where the, the local market comes into it and helped, I suppose, by the, the VAT reduction that's been introduced. Well, my department's responsible for planning and we did uh, relax enforcement in terms of allowing restaurants uh, and pubs to repurpose. Um, some uh, pubs uh, had shops, uh, local shops in them, um, others did take away restaurants the same. It wasn't a major uh, substitute for uh, the mainstream income, but it helped the community uh, as well as their businesses maintain people in, in the process. And that they stood up to the mark and local deliveries for people who are in isolation, things like that, um, all became part of community. I think one of the good things to come out of the, uh, the crisis has been the community spirit. And it's been very evident and uh, you know everyone has helped everyone um, and uh, small business particularly have, have helped uh, deliver where necessary and make sure I mean I phoned several uh, people that I knew to make sure they were all right and I think a lot of people have done that and that applies to the farming community uh, in in general I suppose the the forestry part comes under your remit as well I mean has, has that been affected much well forestry has gone on uh, we were concerned about staff welfare, making sure that uh, at the beginning um, people were able to work uh, with social distancing. Um, but in general terms, that the, the forestry has gone on uh, as normal or as near normal as possible. We've been replanting and uh, we're starting on uh, the community forest uh, down at Mary Beg. So things are proceeding. Um, it's one of those areas where uh, people uh, work at distance from each other. It was not difficult. The sawmill um, had to close for a while but that's picked up and the sales there are really uh, skyrocketing at the moment but I guess that's a, a measure of people catching up on fencing and whatever they're doing uh, where they need timber. So all in all um, we've dealt with all these areas as best as possibly can under this 
unprecedented times, really. I think we've done very well. Um, we've obviously contained uh, the disease, and uh, at the moment we've well over 40 days with no new cases, which is great um, but we're, we're living in a bit of an island bubble and sooner or later there's going to have to be some interaction uh, with with the outside world but uh, it, it, the crisis is not over economically it's it's still affecting us badly and of course we've got a bit of a double whammy coming down the line at the moment not only is there likely to be a, an economic impact that, that stays with us for some time um, but we've got brexit it's still there People sort of thought that it had gone away because of the pandemic. It hasn't. And there's a lot of activity. And my department's in the middle of that at the moment uh, with the UK and the EU. And that has uh, implications for the farming and fishing industry. Uh, very profound uh, possible uh, impacts uh, going long way forward. So uh, we're in the midst of that at the moment. Is that uh, a concern or a sort of a big challenge in a nice way for you and your department well it, it's a challenge uh, <laughs> for sure um uh, the, the the playing field moves around all the goalposts move around uh, all the time I, i'm pleased to say that uh, our opposite numbers in defra are uh, keeping us in the loop and I know the Chief Minister uh, uh, spends a lot of time speaking to um, people uh, in government as well um, but we're, we're minnows in the scheme of things so we have to make sure that our profile and our interests are protected when negotiations are taking place. Great concern to our fishing industry uh, is the access to uh, UK waters, which includes the Isle of Man going forward. London Convention has basically fallen and uh, the EU uh, are obviously playing hardball on fishing. But at the same time, I think the UK is resisting that and I hope they continue to do that so that we get a good deal uh, for the fishing industry, UK as well as Ireland wide. The Minister for DEFA, Geoffrey Boot, explain how things are in the, the forestry, the fishery, the agriculture, the food side of the Isle of Man. It's a, it's a lot to cover in that department, isn't it? It really is, and it was so important to, to get that right through this whole coronavirus situation. And I think Chief Minister Howard Quayle was, was a good help in seeing how important agriculture is with being a farmer himself. You know, they could relate and talk quite closely about how you know rules could be put in place for the agricultural sector in particular. Particular. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done yet. And as uh, Mr. Boot said there as well, he's sort of uh, echoing our uh, comments on it. You know, that you just realise how important that the the Manx people grow and just odd bits and pieces, but it helped to keep things going, didn't it? Amongst these times. So. That's right, and even like you say, what isn't grown on the Isle of Man? That uh, ferry service out there, the steam packet, as much as it gets a ribbon and measure on there, they did deliver to this island and kept going through all of them times, and they, they must be uh, commended as well. Indeed. You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, the shows have produced some great champions the agricultural shows on the island sadly they won't produce any they'll be scrubbed off the list uh, 2020 with the uh, southern agricultural show being cancelled and also the royal manx as well being cancelled for this year but some fantastic news to one of the biggest supporters uh, the family are from Bala Cricket in Ronig uh, Vicky Sloan Masson and Neil Masson who farm there and uh, you went along to find out more about a pretty prestigious honour that had been happening. 
That's right. Vicky and Neil are very proud dairy farmers and they use the best of modern genetics. And along with their two children, Rianne and Alec, um, mad keen on the show ring and everything to do with presenting livestock. I popped along to Bala Cricket to see how the year was going. Vicky, well, what a strange 2020. <laughs> We've gone out of a lovely dry winter into, well, what can be classed as a unprecedented year. How has it been with the dairy farming so far? Um, yeah, it's been a, a quite a strange season, really. Um, it real wet in the in the springtime, um, and then we had that really dry spell, which was a bit scary when nothing was growing. And uh, we've been measuring grass um, on the grazing platform, and it, I've never seen the grass move up and down as much <laughs> in my life. Uh, one week we had too much, next week we haven't got any, and it was just it's just been like that really. And how does that affect the cows? Because obviously April was so dry, wasn't it? It just you know does their yields totally drop off? Um, well, we're lucky we we did had silage left, so we've been topping up with silage and trying to keep the liters the same. Um, and making sure that they've got grass in front of them, just holding them back off it a little bit and, and feeding in the trough, really. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, end of March, our whole island completely changed with the coronavirus arriving. How has that affected the farming? You know, has it made a, a difference? Um, farming at that time of year is very busy, so we, we kind of really just kept our head down and, and got on with it. It was a bit strange not seeing family and friends. Um, and the kids being at home, homeschooling, that was a bit different. Um, but apart from that, to be honest, it was it was much the same, really. Um, just kept busy carving as well. So, you know, we're always home anyway. And so, yeah. I think uh, a few people got a lot more jobs done. You know, a lot of events got cancelled and obviously, uh, like, we've lost our Isle of Man shows as well. But farmers seem to do a lot more maintenance, a lot more, like you say, staff at home able to get on and help it and tidy up around the place. Farmers were kept busy. But with that, the loss of the shows, that will have a, a quite a bit of an impact on the farmer community. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people were disappointed when the news came out that there was no shows. But um, also opened a lot more opportunities um, for us guys. We've um, been doing different things online, webinars and online shows and stock judging. So we've been kept busy, keep their minds busy. <laughs> but, but like you say, Vicky, on, online, like it's, a, it's opened up a whole new world, hasn't it? The, the shows, especially in the UK, with them being cancelled, that's huge revenue lost. But to have those online competitions, everybody and anybody can take part. Yeah, um, it was a big opportunity for us, really, to have something um, in milk to go against uh, some UK people. Um, obviously, it's it's pretty impossible for us to get an in-milk animal to the UK to show. So, um, yeah, I took, took that opportunity with both hands, and she did really well. So She did really well. She, was, she did exceptionally well, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> what show was that you took part in? Um, the Cheshire Show, um, and she won her class and then went on to get the best cow. So. And how did that feel? Like you say, with having to travel off the Isle of Man with livestock, it is really, really tricky. And obviously that cow has been a great success at our Manx shows. Um, how, how did you feel about it all? Um, getting ready was a bit strange. <laughs> um, knowing we weren't actually going anywhere. Um, but, but good, really. It took a bit of enthusiasm to, to get her washed and ready for, for a show that you weren't going to. But um, at the end of the day, when we got her all ready and the, the pictures and the video done, and I felt really pleased that I'd gone to the effort, even though if she didn't get anywhere, it didn't really matter because yeah. 
we had them pictures to keep, so... Yeah. And you say getting her ready, it isn't just the day before to get any animal ready for the show. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, timing is everything. They've got to be right for the day. Um, start thinking about shows seriously in, in, in January, really. Picking your calves out and maybe separating them, feeding them differently. Um, yeah, pulling cows out at the end of milking and giving them that extra extra feed as well and just a few little things that you do differently so yeah. I suppose when the news came of the the lockdown you know, for you that's worked so hard through the winter months and the family at Bala Cricket you know, how did that feel um I don't know really how it felt it just felt a bit weird really that you weren't going to be putting that in because that's what what I've done every year and my whole life is mm. is get ready it, you just fit it in the farming calendar don't you and yeah. and for it not to be there it was just a bit strange it is it's such a shock and, and the same for us with the sheep We're, you know, you're ready through lambing time lambing through February and all those wild horrible nights and you're looking forward to getting your entries in in April and then to know the shows are cancelled it is a massive blow but it's the social side of it as well that you miss you know meeting friends like you say you're lucky on the internet you're able to have webinars and and talk to people but it's nothing nicer than getting out and catching up with friends yeah, some people you see at the show, you, you, you only see once a year. Um, they come up and see you um, at the cattle lines and catch up and, yeah. And it's all the children that sort of get involved with it too because you obviously have a lot of staff to help you and, and your own children, Alec and Rihanna, are so actively involved with the farming as well. It, it must be hard for that generation too. Uh, yeah, I think it was quite scary for, for that generation too with uh, COVID not knowing really what was going to happen and... Nobody had a, an end date, did no. they? So that was quite scary for young people to try and explain that that this was it for a while and <laughs> we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. But how do you feel that the Manx uh, population have been in support of local produce? I think they've been fantastic. Yeah, um, really, really good. Some of the comments on Facebook have been really humbling, really, to to hear that, you know that we, we didn't, we kept going as normal and they supported us so and let's just hope it continues as well because we, we still need them. <laughs> and how is the milk price affecting, is it, you know, has it crashed, has it come up or come down, you know, across the world it seems to be in turmoil at the minute with, with coronavirus but also just globally the market trends are just altering all the time. Um, yes, our milk price has dropped a, a little bit, um, just basically loss of sales really, um, especially in the cheese side. Um, hospitality just stopped overnight and um, we, ju we took a little bit of a hit, but not as bad as, as some people in the rest of the world, so yeah. we've been quite lucky really. And do you think that will come back once England sort of gets itself sorted out a little bit more, travel may resume? Um, I hope so. I can't see why it shouldn't do. Um, yeah, cheese sales should should start picking up again now, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people's buying habits, like obviously people stepped up on the Isle of Man, the creamery, Isle of Man meets the butcher shops, all of the, the local uh, veg growers as well. Do you think people will continue to, you know, make an effort to buy local? I hope so. I yeah. hope so, because it's a really good product. Um, uh, our animal welfare standard on the Isle of Man is um, pretty high um, and we should all be proud of that and, and hopefully the, the general public will, yeah. will learn a bit more about it and hopefully support us on that.
And we've just had the news that the Isle of Man Food and Drink Festival is going to go ahead in September. So I suppose that's an opportunity for us to get out as an event on the island as well. It's, it's, um, it's, it's so important to interact. Yeah, it is. I, I was astonished. Someone told me the amount of numbers of people that actually go to that event. Um, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, no, that's good. It gives everybody something to look forward to as well, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And normally you'd be there with stock as well, Vicky, having the children interact. And, and how important do you see the, the connection for children to learn about food production? Oh, I think it's, it's really important, especially now. Um, I think the general public have got a little bit removed from where their food come from and I really think that we should have um, food and agriculture taught in schools. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. And for the future, Vicky, obviously your two children are, are keen and involved as well. Um, this summer, it's obviously not finished, there'll be a lot more showing and, uh, and online webinars and different things to come. Um, any plans? Um, we've entered another online show, um, the online Welsh show. Um, so we're just waiting to hear back about that now. So, yeah, that's that's all the, we've got planned so far. <laughs> <laughs> but how important is showing to your enterprise? It, you know, it, is it something very important? Um, we see it as being really important for our business. Um, we only have a small amount of cows compared to uh, larger herds on the island. Um, we take it as a, a an income really. It's a shop window. Um, so it's really marketing for us. Um, a lot of judges from the UK come over to judge the, the summer shows and we like to present them as best as we can so they go home and tell other people um, and hopefully we'll get some stock sales off that. Yeah. On that side, and like you said <clears throat> about the uh, social media, as much as it has its negative side, but as far as like, sales go and advertising your stock, you, you know, you can have a page for your farm now on Facebook and Twitter and all these things. Do you see that as a benefit too now? Yeah, definitely. Um, what the calf show that we entered was actually judged by five judges from around the world. There was. Um, Two, two from America, one from Canada, one from Italy and one from the UK. So to have all five judges see just one of our animals from the Isle of Man was really, really Something good. Special, yeah, yeah. That really is. And I know last year you took cattle over to the show in England. Those, they're classes of 25, 30 calves and you're in the, in the top 10. Yeah, that, that was a couple of years ago. We took three calves down to the All Breeds, All Britain uh, calf show, all homebreds. Um, all to come out in the top seven. Um, couldn't have asked for any better than that. So this is something that you definitely want to continue in your farming enterprise. You've been 10 years farming at Bala Cricket now with, with your husband, Neil, and the children. This is something you, you want to carry on with? Uh, yes, definitely, yeah. Mm. Um, can't see it any other different in the next 10 years, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Just get better at it. <laughs> But like you say, you make friends from all around the world. You can travel with agriculture. You know, people think you're just at home, just you know, pushing a wheelbarrow around, you know, doing nothing. But it, it is so important. There's so many opportunities that come with having pedigree stock. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like your own extended family, isn't it, within the breed? Um, yeah, definitely. With the, your all breeds, all Britain sort of classes and competitions, would you ever do some of the more of the the bigger, more general shows like the Royal Highland or Great Yorkshire or, or that kind of show would that be something that would interest you? Yes it would it would definitely it's just the whole um we were real high herd health status um and the island is obviously TB uh, free 
so it's getting Stockholm that's the problem. Uh, easy to get there, <laughs> it's just getting home oh. is the, the bit that puts you off a little bit. Um, but we'd really love to, to show in them at one day. For the cattle that you use for the show and Vicky, it's so important that you you know, keep up to date with the latest genetics, you know, the trends or the or the fashion sort of changes within a breed. Uh, it seems to happen with the sheep world anyway. But would that be the sort of the same with the Holsteins? Yeah, yeah. We, um, the Holsteins kind of went really tall, and they focused on milk production. Um, some of the traits got forgotten. Um, but now they're coming back for a more correct cow, a smaller, compact, wider cow that can go out and graze. And we're focusing on um, breeding cows like that for longevity as well. Um, they suit our grass-based yeah. system a lot better. And I'm always, um, there is a breed within a breed, um, yeah. and it's really important to keep the pedigree side. So how would you go about uh, picking new genetics, like if you a different stock bull or whatever? Would you use a lot of AI or would you, and how would you pick them? Um, we're all AI here. Um, we don't own a bull. Um, so all of our genetics will be coming from um, America and Canada, really. Um, they've just got so much proof behind them. You can't get away from how good their stock is going to be. Um, so... Yeah, it's important for us to be using all those top bulls that are going to be known down the line by everybody within the breed. So, and I suppose that will back up what you're trying to do with your sales and make it, you know, make yourself known within within the Holstein world. But if you've got the genetics there, you're halfway there, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. You just. Uh, Breed with the best and hope for the best is, is the motto. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, you've had a lifetime with the Holsteins as well at Bala Cricket. And how are you enjoying farming with your wife and the two children? <laughs> um, well, during lockdown, there was the adage of lots of people spending time together that probably wouldn't be all day, but <laughs> we we together every day, all day, every day. Um, yeah, we've got some land out Dolby. Sometimes I'll go out there and it's a completely different day. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just get some headspace. But um, with the, the having the children at home was the biggest difference for the time. Yeah. Um, with the homeschooling and um, yeah, the first fortnight was interesting to say the least. But <laughs> once we were once got into a routine, it just sort of clicked into place, and they were finished. Uh, schoolwork by dinner time and then helping us around the farm so yeah it was it was nice really yeah, yeah. that's the thing is it? Yeah. it must be so nice to have interest coming from the younger generations it kind of makes you feel that what you're doing you know is, is future proof yeah we're only um here as tenants for the future generations aren't we we're, we're not we're only custodians of the land and we're trying to make it as good and improve it and if we weren't better than our fathers we'd still be living in caves this is it <laughs> so yeah we're just trying to carry on and, and make everything make the whole system better, better. really yeah. and that must be quite a nice thing to have yourself and vicky with the same mindset the same end goal and you know you can bounce them ideas back and forward but you ultimately are a team wanting to get to an end position yeah um like vicky's absolutely passionate about the breeding and uh, we'll take catalogues to for nighttime reading and <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably more um 
mechanically minded and so we sort of fill each other's gaps work together like that so and grow crops and things so she does her bit and I do my bit and they well they seem to work and we'll help each other out and yeah we'll just sort of cross this crossover there as well um passions are the same and the end game end goal is ultimately the same is just to keep driving forward and, yeah. and get up there sort of thing once Neil you would have had sheep at the farm as well but now you're solely concentrating on the Holsteins yes um it was it's a bit challenging for uh, calving and lambing time and milking and it was just well I was saying age was getting on it <laughs> <laughs> um, very much uh, can't do it 100 percent then yeah. i'd rather pass it on to someone that can yeah yeah because it does it does take a lot of time pedigree animals do take a lot of time and that's the, the point of difference isn't it yeah definitely um and and the, the children weren't that keen on on the sheep really and i think if we ever wanted to go back into it i know where to to head to get stuck so yeah. you know it's just one of those things isn't it you need to move on and don't just keep doing it because everyone expects you to be doing it as well. Yeah, no, that's um, it. If you can't so. do it properly, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's it, um, Vicky, on to the Welsh show for the end of summer and then next year. Any plans? Um, yeah, probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, come to January, it'll be um, looking for cows and, mm. and young stock to start getting ready. And, hope, and the first hopefully... show for you will be Cheshire next year. Would you travel? I don't know about that. <laughs> oh. It's nice to see the young stock that we've sold coming through in the show rings in the UK. Yeah. That's what yeah. people have we've sold. How many have we sold now? Um, about three, haven't we? Yeah, we've sold three calves, so they'll be starting to come through and on the show scene in the UK. So it's nice to see. And they'll always have yeah. the Carebury prefix, so yeah. it'll be nice to see them coming through in the, in milk, and um, yeah, some of the a little bit of glory, but it was none of the work. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> none, none of the show prep anyway. The breeding, yeah. the breeding's always there. You see, and it, like to have the prefix on, that's that's it's always going to be there, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's where you want to, to keep progressing, isn't it? Get your name out there. Yeah. And, and it's something you're very proud of, isn't it? When you're standing at a ringside watching somebody else with stock that you've bred, you, you know you're on the right road. Yes, yeah. That's, that, yeah, ultimately that would be... That's, to have somebody that... Have something in the ring that's... Yeah. That's been bred here mm -hmm. and it does well in the UK or further afield because they've... They've been to Belgium and they've been to Italy. And yeah, they do take classes all around Europe, don't they, as well? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be nice. That, that would be something else. Vicky, how important is it to take part in agricultural shows, You know, not just on the Isle of Man? Obviously, you're a great contender in the UK as well. Um, it's important for our business. I suppose it's kind of like our diversification. Um, we can't just rely on that milk check. Mm -hmm. uh, we need some other form of income. And it's obviously a passion of ours, so it's quite easy to um, to breed cattle that other people want as well, hopefully, and um, make a bit of extra income for the farm. And that's it. And obviously, after this success you've just had at the Cheshire Show as well, you've now appeared in the international Holstein magazine. You know, that in itself is a huge success. 
it is because obviously people from all around the world is going to read that um so it, it's a good little advert for the island too you know this little little cow in in the middle of the irish sea <laughs> has, has made it into an international magazine so yeah i was really proud to to get that phone call i didn't quite believe it until i seen it in the magazine so we didn't really tell anyone until the, until the actual proof came so but it yeah. is a fantastic photograph of her as well yeah, um, it's a couple of years old, that photograph. Um, we had a professional photographer come over to the island to take a picture of a couple of cows, and um, so glad we did. We, we were hoping to get that this year, and obviously with the way things are, we, nobody's allowed to travel here, and so we've kind of missed the opportunity with her, but um, hopefully next year we can get that sorted again. Oh, so yeah, That was Vicky and Neil Sloan-Masson from Bala Cricket there in Ronig. And wonderful uh, picture on that poster on that on that magazine that uh, you know they'd scoop that wonderful prize all done online as well. So it just shows you, you know, the the look of the animal is so important, isn't it? It really is, and the effort that they went to as a team to get a, a decent photograph and a de- decent video on farm. You know, in the middle of sort of May time when it's not usually shown, all getting done up in the in their whites to present that cow for you know a big class at that Cheshire competition and to come out with a top award from a little island here is just fantastic but their attention to detail is really coming through now and and to see their stock going away to other breeders in the UK and again competing for those breeders is something they should be very very proud of yeah and they're not alone in that uh, you know they are such carers of their of their animals and such passion uh, like a lot of the livestock um, showers and producers on the Isle of Man are. That's right. The, the shows here are some of the most fiercely contended classes across the UK, I would say. Um, some great stock turned out on this island, whether it's beef, sheep, horses, poultry, whatever it is, is so much great pride. And we will miss those shows this summer. A great day out for all of us just to catch up with one another, yeah. if nothing else. But um, a great success. A small island producing stock like that, uh, it's great, great honour. Yeah, and odd, odd weather we had of course as well this year haven't we we with the the mightiest thunderstorm we've had for many a year too yeah. <laughs> that's right and all that dry spell in april i don't think i've ever been sunburnt in april or got the sheep sheared so early but uh oh it has been bizarre whether the uh, aviation has anything to do with it or the lack of, I'm not sure. Oh, now you're stirring <laughs> up a conspiracy theory. Anyway, if you have anything you wish to feature on Countryside, um, drop us a line. You leave a message here at Manx Radio for Kiri Kerwood or myself, Simon Clark, and we'll get back in touch with it. Or you can send an email in to countryside at manxradio.com and we can feature your event. So we'll leave it there for this week's Countryside. We're back next Tuesday with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.